Oh no. It's the American Soccer Show. It's your favorite time of the week. It's back after about a month off. You know, even we need an off season, right, Emmett? Yeah, but it never stops. No, it it really doesn't. We've we've I would say we've missed a lot, but we really have actually missed a lot in terms of just it just never ends. Yeah, well, we actually ended up adding another episode uh, at the end last uh, last year. I guess you'd call it 2018. Uh, what a uh, just because there were so many moves going on. We were going to do our end-of-the-season awards, but there was just so much off-season traffic uh, that we, we've fallen a little bit behind at this point, taking a month off. Yeah, but necessary. Always good to regroup and think, bring things back and get some time off, let the mind rest a little bit. So, But they say it's like riding a bike. You never forget. Yeah, it's... I mean, I guess talking, it's, this is basically talking, so hopefully we haven't forgot how to had a talk in the past month. You sound, you sound like a cynical commenter saying, what could they possibly have forgotten to do? Turns out quite a lot. Yeah. So anyway, we have season, pre- if you can believe season previews are already a thing because the season starts in less than a month and a half. So we're ready to go. And we got Champions League coming up here in less than a month. Right. So it's, it's the season, the MLS season starting in a month and a half. But the season, like, you know, teams specific seasons are starting even sooner than that uh, with preseason right around the corner. Yeah, and it may be hard to believe with the uh, negative wind chills hitting the Midwest here today and in the coming week. You know that it's going to be like negative 40 in wind chills around here next week? Um, can't say I miss it. Yeah, the Midwest is great. Always live here. Fantastic place. So we're going to start with some season previews today. We got the San Jose Earthquakes, Orlando City, Minnesota United, Colorado Rapids, and everyone's favorite Chicago Fire. You can guess that they have something in common, but, yeah, you know, it's just coincidence, really. We'll let you figure that out by the end. Yeah. Starting off with the San Jose Earthquakes. Ah, yes. Wooden Spoon winners. New coach. New outlook on life. Could, some hope? I would say there's some hope. Uh, you could say they didn't come away with, any, with nothing uh, with that wooden spoon. But it was safe to say that they were pretty abysmal last year. They were. So, you know, look, some of that coaching, I don't think we think a whole lot of his, uh, Mateus Almeida's predecessor. And I certainly don't think the roster was that bad. No, I agree. I there, so. was, there, there was some, definitely some strong points. I was a fan of Danny Hooson, which I think is also a fairly funny name. Um, obviously, <laughs> Florian Youngworth had some of his, like, meltdown moments where he just couldn't get, you know, was very frustrated with the team. Uh, so there's certainly some weak points. Uh, Vaco, uh, with that unpronounceable name, uh, another talented player, just Mikael Stair, the previous coach, just had no control, no direction with where he was taking his team. Well, they get a rigid man in Almeida. You know, he's got his system, that four-two-three-one that he likes to do. Uh, he's pretty, been pretty successful at Chivas before, and I know he got the sack at Chivas, but I'd like to think that that was mostly their fault. 
because uh, they didn't really do a whole lot when he left. You know, he'd already won two cups. He won the league title, and of course, he won the uh, Champions League. So, I'd say the San Jose Earthquakes are in pretty good hands there. And if nothing else, they brought an outsider, and I can appreciate them trying something a little bit different. No big losses at first glance either, so that's usually a good thing. You know, obviously, you don't want to keep the same team that you finished dead last in MLS last season, but it is always good to keep track to keep a uh, hold of the good players that you. Yeah, have. because there was some talent there. I mean. Say we will about Almeida, but I think that uh, when it comes to MLS, if you have some injection of money, with which the Earthquakes have shown in the past few years, they're willing to spend a little bit, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but as long as you have, like, a you know, a, a competent coach, you can put something together and not be last. You should at least, right? Well, his teams are definitely known for their defensive prowess, and this team was pretty dreadful on the defensive side. So you would hope that they'll be able to you know, fix that part of themselves at least. And, I mean, even if they cut their goals down by, like, 20, it should make them a little bit more competitive in the West. Yeah, and, I mean, like we said, they're, they, I, I think they have some strong, you know, they were playing a 4-4-2 for a lot of last year, strong front six. Um, you know, we mentioned Husin and uh, Vako. Uh, obviously, I still have Chris Wondolowski, who's – you know, at the end of his career, but Magnus Eriksson on the wing, uh, Annabelle Godoy in the midfield with Florian Youngworth. Uh, so that, like, just in that regard, that's, you know, mid-table, at least. Yeah, they they did bring in uh, Christian Espinoza on loan from Villarreal. He's a former Argentine U-20 player, had two goals and two assists last season for Boca Juniors. Hasn't really made any impacts where he's gone. Uh, looks like he's a kind of a work rate wide midfielder just based on uh, the fact that his stats don't exactly show that this guy's uh, doing a whole lot in the final third. So that's never a bad thing to have. Obviously, he's got some pedigree if he was a former Argentine uh, U-20 player. So hopefully that works out for yeah, them. They brought in a couple other South Americans. Um, Daniel Vega from Argentina, Marcos Lopez, uh, Peru, goalkeeper and defender. Uh, Brazilian midfielder Judson. Uh, you know, we don't know too much about these guys, but uh, it's, you know, th- there's some movement towards, you know, recreating a team here because Almeida's going to need that. I mean, they, they did finish last. Um, they picked Siad Hadji uh, first overall. I mean, you know, these, these are some unknowns still. So we're not like, although we're, I think you and I are both optimistic, uh, let's not to say that they're out in the clear yet. By any means, by any means. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree completely because I do think that there is something to be said about you know, this team's probably not going to finish last again. And that may seem like a low bar, but this team's not been good for a little while. So I, I would I would, I would, would agree with that sentiment that I do think that they're probably still a couple of transactions away, maybe a season away from making a real push to the playoffs. But look, you know, if they're really committed to Almeida, they paid him a lot of money to come in. I think that they are going to give him some time to try to put together the culture that he wants here. And, that, you know, this can serve kind of as a transition season. And if they can do that, they can get out of the cellar of the West. They can make, you know, a decent effort at the playoffs. I think they will consider, consider this season a success. Easily. I mean, just finishing not bottom two, I think, would be considered a success. Uh, and I think we are moving into the stage in MLS where it's not going to be um, they're not going to be easy games against these bottom dwellers, if you know what I mean. Uh, in the past, we've seen teams like DC United, Chicago Fire, not too long ago, um, Toronto, not even that long ago, uh, Orlando this year, just absolutely being uh, pushovers. Yeah, and we're seeing mass. a lot of moves from teams like this signing Sonic Almeida. There's certainly uh, ambition 
they don't want to be that anymore. They're not just in the league just to be in the league. They 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 do show that they want to have some uh, some movement upwards. I do appreciate that, and of course, with the rumors that Sacramento could be on the way to the league now with some of the movement that we'll talk about a little bit later with that new investor they got, but. You certainly, if you're the Earthquakes, don't want to lose any market to them because they'll be the hot new thing. Certainly, and that would be a uh, a tough rivalry. I mean, that's the kind of thing where when a team comes in like that, uh, we saw it with L.A. this past year. The Galaxy, I mean, if it wasn't for Zlatan, they would be an afterthought. No one would have talked about that yes, at all have. this year. It was all they had. So now they're like now they're realizing you know if they don't step up they have a serious contender to take over their the you know the interest that was given to them before that yeah uh, just to wrap it up here with the concerns it's like i said i don't think there was enough done to address the defense i think a little too much of it is still back from last year but uh, so I, i'm gonna give them the benefit going forward just because again they've got a very good defensive coach they have a, hopefully a different system in place, and they'll be able to do just a little bit better. And they're going to have to score some more goals, too, because they scored 49 last season, which is low. But, I mean, I guess Seattle and Dallas both made the playoffs with 52, and Portland went all the way to MLS Cup, and they had 54. So not exactly the you know lowest number, and I'm sure they can improve on that, given you know who's in Erickson, Vaco, Wando. Yeah. It's a pretty decent amount of goals. To yeah, and I mean, we side. have, even if this is a defensive coach, I think, we saw what uh, Mikael Stare was done out there. That was almost embarrassing. So uh, I I think it's not going to be too hard to outdo what they did last year, but defense is certainly an issue. I wouldn't put them in any conversation to be outside of the bottom three uh, unless we see some big defensive signings before the start of the season. All right. Well, speaking of teams in desperate need of signings, Orlando City. Uh, comes back into play. James O'Connor has the tall task of uh, putting this team back on the map. He had the start last season about midway through and didn't really change anything when they sacked the old manager. So yeah, they've lost Mohamed El Manir, Emro Tarek, Joe Bednik, and of course the big one, Yoshimar Yotun. They're all gone. Which, I mean, when you, when you think about the problems facing Orlando City, uh, you know, you, I know how you stand with El Manir, you know how I stand, two s- separate sides. But you know, even with my opinion, those aren't. I don't think those were their four problems. Those four players. No, I mean Bednik wasn't great, but yeah, the the other three, like I don't think they had any business getting rid of them. But uh, to be fair, I guess Yotun did want to move on, and the offer was pretty good. So they did good. They did good business on Yotun, but business doesn't help you when one of your most dynamic players is no longer going to be on the field. I mean, I think it's you. fair to say he was their best player. At least yeah, technically, I, I guess you could say performance-wise, uh, I, I guess you could make an argument for someone else. It would be difficult, but yeah, that's... Dom Dwyer. I wouldn't take that argument, but maybe it's just in terms <laughs> of output, okay. Uh, but I, seeing what they've done so far, I'm not super impressed in their signings. We'll see what comes next year. Yeah, so they bring in uh, Jackson, Sebastian Mendez, uh, midfielder. That's so pretty much, I would argue, maybe their biggest signing so far because after that, you know, John Machino was brought in from LAFC. Uh, Tesho Akindele going to be playing up top, I would assume, either next to or behind Dom Dwyer. Uh, Danilo Acosta was signed on loan from Real Salt Lake, and then they have Brazilian right-back Ruan. <sighs> I don't know. You know, Mendez looks like he's probably going to be the Otun replacement. That's big shoes to fill. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are little dude, but massive shoes. Uh, he, he does seem like that's going to be his role. 
Uh, you mentioned mentioned Akindele. I don't know if I see him as anything more than a uh, depth signing because uh, they do still have Sasha Kleshton at DP. Um, they still do have Josue Coleman at DP to number 10s. Um, maybe to a two-striker system with five at the back to clean up some of the defensive issues. That, that's the way to go. Play Our defense is bad. We'll just play an extra defender. I mean, like, yeah, I guess so. So It's not the worst idea in the world, just given the fact that, you know, I think we can both agree that maybe John Mucinho's best position in MLS is probably <coughs> in the back in a back three. Uh, I, I do think that it's somewhere in a back five he's needed. Uh, he could play wing backs. You know, he was a pretty good at offensive player in college. It might just be the, the skill level uh, gap. Um. But yeah, he's. I think he'd be better in a back five. I think that's a way of hiding some of the weaknesses. Someone like Will Johnson, if you put him in at defense, it's a way of hiding that, hiding that weakness. Fair. Uh, the only other thing, so I mentioned that I wasn't impressed with San Jose's like uh, their acquisitions that they made to the back line. They basically kept a lot of the back line together with you know one piece kind of changing they Orlando's kind of gone the opposite way they've basically re retooled that entire back line and I mean for their sake I hope it works because I mean this is a team that was horrific defensively last season and they can't afford to go that way again because I start I don't see where the doles are going to come from so they're going to have a very tough task ahead you of should them. remember that they did have that really strong stretch of six wins now they were fair I to remember be fair, they were oh. fairly lucky in some of those games other games you know they were Either you know whatever you look at it, they were still dangerous. Um, maybe lucky to get six straight wins, uh, but after that it kind of fell apart. I liked the Danilo Acosta signing. I thought he was a good player who just couldn't break into that Real Salt Lake team. Uh, the rest of these are, I don't know, they're, they're toss-ups. Moutinho could fall on his face. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know anything about Ruan in terms of what he brings to the table playing right back. I could go either way, obviously. And like I said, and, and the biggest thing here is Mendez having to basically take the place next to Christian Nagita of Yoshimaru too. That's that's a tall order. And help them because, I mean, look, they didn't add a whole lot to me to make me think that they're going to score more goals this season. They didn't really score a lot last season. Yeah, I mean, even with the ac- acquisitions, I still think they're a little um, a little lacking in the defense department. Uh, you know, even if they're to play a back four, what do you have? You have Sané... Um, Moutinho, Ruan. I mean, who's who's that other uh, center back? I mean, Danilo Acosta, I guess, could play on the left, and you put Jean Moutinho at center back. I don't like that, you know, all that much. So there's, they still are lacking a lot in defense, which, as the team that conceded the most goals last year, needs help there the most. So. Uh, may the soccer gods have mercy on this team because I actually don't see a whole lot to be optimistic about here. If things don't change or somebody doesn't maybe take a giant leap and by somebody, I mean, I really can only think of Joshua Coleman. A lot of the players here, that's the other problem really is that a lot of players here are known quantities. Listen, Tom Dwyer is a fine striker, but he's not suddenly now in his 30s going to start putting up more goals. Sasha Kleshtain is not going to get better at playing passes than he already You'd is. You'd argue both of them could possibly get worse. I mean... Dwyer's a yes, physical player. Exactly. Question, not as much, but he is, you know, what, 34 now. Uh, I, you know, I, I mentioned with San Jose, we are seeing a movement towards less teams being um, pushovers. I worry about Orlando this year. I do. 
I think they could be a pushover. Yeah, this could be. And they could be pretty brutal for their fan base, too. We saw at the end of last season, we saw a little bit of a regression in their attendance. I hope we don't have to see that again. But it's I, I would I would not blame fans for getting, becoming a little bit upset with the front office and the way they've handled this because this is now the second retooling. They had to do a whole retooling last offseason, and it didn't work. It seems like this year they have dialed it back. They said, you know, we'll see what happens. There's still time for more changes. But it seems they've dialed it back, made a couple, see how they fit, you know, fit in, maybe some midseason acquisitions in the summer, and come back next year and kind of bit by bit replace them because I don't think the big one-time replacements work. Agreed. All right, so moving on to Minnesota United. Uh, I'd say that this is probably make-or-break season for Agent Heat. This is his third one in charge. Uh, he's been given time. He's had a team that allowed 71 goals. He, so I'd say he's been given a pretty long leash in that regard because not a lot of teams would allow a guy to stick around after giving up 71 goals in a season. They only scored 49. They had one of the toughest starts their first season in MLS history. And some of that was self-inflicted. They came up with a mostly ASL roster, and I'm glad that teams like Cincinnati have learned from that uh, horrific mistake that Minnesota made and they've made, but they've, I have to give them credit. Minnesota have made some head waves this off season. They've brought in Osvaldo Alonso and drank Jan Gregus solid pair of signings in their defensive midfield. Gregus uh, as a DP Alonso coming in as a free agent, uh, kind of surprising to me that he was allowed to walk out the door by Seattle. But I guess at this point in his career, money just talked a yeah, little he's bit 33. More. He's, Still one of the better players in the league, but I don't see that happening for more than one more year. Uh, I think another year when you see he's 34 going on 35, uh, a physical player like him, he's gonna he'll be he'll be in trouble. But um, uh, it's it is a good signing for this year. Uh, Jan Gregus, I do like that signing player from Copenhagen. You know he has experience in uh, you know Europa League and Champions League. Uh, and in midfield, I think that was their biggest problem. Obviously, defensively, they were woeful. But with uh, Alonso and Gregus, they now have potentially one of the better midfield duos uh, in the West right now, if they, if they work out. Yeah, if they work out, this could be a very good uh, pairing, uh, uh, perhaps a little short-term, like you said, because Alonso pro- isn't likely to be uh, playing at this level for too much longer. But uh, he's, you know... That I think that's a very good signing for this season just because I think that, you know, it gives Gregus the chance to adapt to the league a little bit. He's got probably one of the best examples uh, playing next to him of how to succeed in MLS. We don't know how his game is going to translate. We've I've, I've seen his, like, disciplinary record can be a little bit wild. He, he puts in a lot of wild challenges, I'm given to understand. So, you know, maybe he's that kind of enforcer. And look, when you have a defense as bad as Minnesota, having a guy who is physical in that midfield can be very helpful. Yeah, I think... Uh, they still could work with getting some uh, defensive replacements. Uh, right now, their their lineup looks any their lineup defensive looks, replacements. They have not you know, made their, any. Their changes. defense looks pretty weak right now. Which, to be fair, I think was their issue last year, because uh, they still do have the attacking threat of Darwin Quintero, uh, Angelo Rodriguez uh, signing relatively recently at the end of last year. Uh, the two Ebars in midfield now is obviously Alonso and Gregus. Um, I mean, I don't know. They have some decent play on the wide play, uh, with Ethan Finley, and I mean, he's kind of an old name, I guess, at this point. Um, other than those two, I mean, that's it, I guess. That's. I, I would like to see them sign another defender, maybe a left back. 
Yeah, they could they could use some defense defensive help, and we'll see what the strategy is. Obviously, they've filled their three DP spots with Quintero, Rodriguez, and now uh, Gregus. So not not any big money signings you think are coming in here, but that's still a very good team. I think they'll see a lot of improvement this year. Maybe they'll have to win some games like the Galaxy did last season, where you know the defense was a nightmare, but the offense was magic. And I also, you know, we we didn't mention him, but Kevin Molino, I think another good acquisition that they had last season who I think will have another good season for them. Yeah. I got him playing in that midfield, probably a wide midfield role. Uh, yeah, that could, that's certainly, I think they have at this point, uh, a set of starters for sure. Um, the problem is like, they have a full team. When I look at Orlando, I'm still thinking, Ooh, they need another signing or two. Um, so I, with Minnesota, at least you see a full team, uh, with you know a bench, I, I still think, and you don't need a DP here, but a left back, a right back, and a center back maybe. Because other than Francisco Calvo, who wasn't great either, uh, but at least has you know the international experience, I don't really trust uh, the rest of their defenders. Coleman or Boxall, I, I wouldn't want them back there on my team. Yeah, Boxall was, Boxall was in and out in terms of form. It, it's okay. Their back line is definitely not something to be proud of, and you know, maybe, and maybe they have something planned for this season. I have no idea because they're definitely going to have to play better defensively if they want to make the playoffs. And I, I don't want to spoil the uh, season predictions, but I do think that this team has a real shot, especially now with the West having seven playoff teams. I have a feeling that Minnesota might be making their first appearance in the playoffs sooner rather than later. I think it is on the horizon, but it's not this year. It's that's. New stadium. True. Francisco Calvo getting all the attention the he wanted. Be, that could be big for them, but they weren't bad at home last year. They had one win on the road. One win. True. That's going to have to improve. Uh, and if we look at the, you know, I always bring it back to them, but the Philadelphia Union had one win on the road last year, or the year before, 2017. and 2018, they went up with, like, what, four or five? And suddenly they're a playoff team. So, I mean, maybe if Heath kind of figures out how to play on the road come out with two or three more wins and yeah they are they could be a playoff team but i don't see that happening under heath maybe under a different coach i don't know oh all right well out of the frozen tundra into the rocky mountains colorado rapids anthony hudson enters his second season as rapids coach uh talked about bad attacks on some of the other teams but uh this is the holy grail <laughs> of bad attacking teams in mls they scored 36 goals in 34 matches. For those of you that can't do the math, that is just barely one goal a game. Just barely. Just barely. Uh, so credit to them. Credit to them. They added some offensive pieces. They brought in Diego Rubio, which I think is a fantastic signing. But then they also signed Kai Kamara. <laughs> He's a good forward. He's so divisive, but a good forward. I appreciate them being like, we're going to attack this problem at the root. We're going to sign two strikers. And that's all well and good. They also brought in uh, Nicholas Miskeda from Vancouver, Keegan Rosenberry from the Union, and Benny Fellhaber from LAFC. Solid signings across the board, I have to say, though, losing Edgar Castillo was not as great. Yeah. Say what you will, I don't think Castillo is reliable, at least defensively. Attack- he was their best attacker. I, I'm, I'll say that easily, but he's their left back. So that's that provides a certain problem. I'm a fan of Sam Nicholson, who they got from uh, Minnesota. I was a little thought it was a little weird. Minnesota got rid of him. He was their best player the first three games last year. But Failhaber being important for their midfield, he'll go alongside Kellen Acosta, and suddenly that doesn't sound that bad in the midfield. Throwing Jack Price. 
Yeah, it's definitely an improvement. And like I said, Miss Kada coming from Vancouver too, proven, uh, you know, attacking setup player. Yeah, as that's well. uh, he'll be an important at least at least a sub. Uh, but the problem is they still, you know, it's Tim Howard's last year. We love Tim Howard, American icon, but they'll be getting him off the books as a DP at the end of this year. <laughs> uh, Same can be said yeah, for Skelton Gashi. Gashi, who honestly, I'll give him another year because he was pretty decent for them. Uh, when uh, they had their playoff run, or they made it into the playoffs, at least it wasn't much of a run. Uh, but they'll have him, they'll have Kai Kamara if Gashi is terrible. Uh, Sam Nicholson, like I mentioned on the wing. Uh, they, defensively is going to be the is going to be the issue. Still, they I mean they were terrible offense. They were terrible defense. Uh, they've fixed a couple things. Keegan Rosenberry, it's a solid right back uh, from the Union. How could you let this happen? Yeah, don't worry. We got Ray Gaddis to play both left back and right back now. Uh, so I, I would still like to see just a couple more defensive moves. I don't know. Maybe they trust the defense guys like uh, Seoberg uh, back there. Maybe there was just there was some other reason that they were just terrible. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think this one. Listen, I don't. You didn't think much of Adrian Heath. I don't think much of Anthony Hudson. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think he's cut out for this one. Uh, we'll see what he does, right? This is a second season right now, so maybe he just he needed to get his legs under him a little bit. But uh, I don't know. This the squad doesn't fill me with a lot of uh, positive vibes. I guess is the way I would put it. Because look, like those two. It's like I said when I when they signed Diego Ruby, I said, well, that makes a lot of sense. They needed goals. They got a guy who I think scores a decent amount of goals. But then they also bring in Kamara, and it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with having depth per se, but it's like, if you bring both guys in, you would probably want them both to play. And I just, I mean, can they both play at the same time? I guess they can, but I don't really see too many setups for them. They're both very similar players in most regards. They're not exactly, you know, going to be playing I off each other. I can see them playing other. off each other. So R- Rubio is uh, much more mobile. Not that Kamara is not fast, but that's a he's a pure target man, right? He goes up in the air, he takes the ball down. Yeah. Rubio, he likes to run a little bit more. Uh, he could play underneath. I think you could even throw him on the wing. Uh, he's got a little bit of... Oh, don't give him any ideas. I could see that happening. Rubio playing on the wing, and then like 10 games in, Rapids fans demanding he stop playing there. Honestly, I think you're going to see him on the wing. Because I, I don't know who else they have to put I don't, out there. Oh, I think you're going to see him on the wing. Uh, you're going to see Nicholson on the wing. That's And Kamar up top. That doesn't sound too bad to me. Um, obviously, uh, I think we'll see Acosta... And Failhaber in a midfield three with uh, someone like Jack Price or Bismarck uh, Boateng. Um, uh, the rest of the guys in that regard, from that in those positions, I think are a little bit more unknown. If they did get any time, it was kind of minimal, uh, and it was not great if it was. So the, their defense still looks a little much of the same to me. They replaced uh, Castillo. They got Rosenberry, but it's still Declan Wynn. It's still Tommy Smith. It's still um, Axel Seoberg. Big guys, but what did, they, what did you do for me recently? Yeah, We'll see. Uh, I do think that they will see some marginal improvement just because I don't think they'll be as bad Agreed. as last season. But I, I say that as marginally as possible. Like I'm talking maybe they move up one place in the table and get a couple more points. This, I think, could serve as a nice transition the year, though, because let's just say that they do have that marginal improvement. There's something to go off of. They don't fire Hudson. You can just as easily, you know, say, okay, now we're going to get them some investments next season. Now I'm not, you know, holding my breath. I know that they're not exactly a team that's got too much ambition, but, you know, you got two DPs coming off the books. You'd hope some money 
is getting spent. And I think that is the kind of point where you say, okay, Hudson, this is your last chance. You let them go out and sign another DP or two uh, to fill those spots. You mentioned this team is marginally better, but the league gets better every year. Is this Colorado team going to be better next year than kind of the inflation rate of the league? Because they made some acquisitions, but is, is someone like Mezquita, is he good enough to keep up? Because you know, he's been around the league for you know several years. Is he going to still be at, the t- at a good enough level? All these guys. I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to keep up. Because every team is getting a little bit better every year. A little bit better. They're definitely going to need more consistent investment on the part of ownership. And like I said, I don't think much of Anthony Hudson. He'll have to prove me right or wrong this season. I think it'll be very, it'll be very clear. I think if he has another season like that, he'll probably be tossed aside and out the window. But you know, if he can, if he can show some improvements on the team, then it's, I think it is possible that you'll see him stick around and maybe they get another DP, you know, because that's the other thing as cheap as some owners are generally, they want to fill at least one of the DP spots. So, yeah, yes, that does mean that there's a potential that they just throw stupid money at somebody. And, you know, like, because Tim, the Tim Howard acquisition wasn't exactly this amazing idea, even back three years ago when it happened. Yes, it was ticket seller. It was Jermaine Jones and Tim Howard were brought in in the it same offseason. It was tickets offseason. and it was t- in his shirts. And it actually worked. That's the worst part is that it actually worked because they ended up going to the playoffs that first season. And it's all been downhill since then, but... You know, that would be my worry for Colorado would be that that's where this goes, right? Is that they do so some improvements this season, and then Jermaine Jones and Tim Howard are signed again this next offseason. <laughs> and so they have another decent season, and then they're back in the toilet the week, the season after. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think it's com- it's completely possible that, you know, one of those two DP spots when they leave is another big U.S. international in an attempt to... Fabian Johnson. Maybe. I think he likes it in Germany. I think there's there's a couple over in Germany he go for. John Brooks, I don't know. Um, oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> don't bring John Brooks here. Um, Get Matt Miazga back. There's another one that's a possibility. It's just... Uh, we'll see. I, I do see that that's a possible thing that's going to happen. Colorado... I'll compare them to every team to Orlando at this point because I think they had the least improvement. They did better than Orlando. I'll give them that. We will see, finally, the complete opposite. We got the Chicago Fire, clearly the most ambitious team of the offseason. Velko Ponovic is back, a two-year contract with a third-year club option. So I want to keep this sort of brief because I've already said before, I was okay with bringing him back. It was not okay bringing him back for more than one year extension. And then to also have the possibility of a third year tacked on, although that's a club option. So, you know, whatever. I left last season feeling relatively optimistic. You know, Emmett here was, was talking me off the ledge, telling me it's going to be fine. You got all your players back. Everyone's healthy again. Oh boy. Okay. So since then the fire have lost Jonathan Campbell. Lost Matt Polster, Louis Solignac, Michael DeLue, Brandon Vincent to retirement, and Johan Kapelhoff, though they are apparently still negotiating with Kapelhoff, so it's possible he comes back. So none of those guys I just named I would consider maybe, you know, essential parts of the team. Polster probably being the closest one because I, Polster filled a position that of which they had nothing at, whereas all these other people play in positions where I think that there are at least relatively decent uh, replacements for the exception being Brandon Vincent. Uh, this doesn't even count the loss of Andrew Gutman, 
who had, had a lot of hype coming out of the academy for a few years. Uh, he decided he wanted no part of this dumpster fire and left town. Don't blame Scotland, him. I believe. Yes, he joined Matt Polster. Not a bad move. Um, but Polster's the biggest loss there. The Lou and Solignac were parts of that team that was good in third place two years ago. Vincent and Polster too, but Polster's the big loss there. I liked him at right back, but that, I mean, it was it's part of the reason that you guys were so bad last year. <laughs> You're telling me? No, yeah, it's it's frustrating because and so their replacements, right? And they did add Christian Martinez in the midfield, uh, Marcelo at center back, and <laughs> not that Marcelo, different. also Brazilian though. Yeah, different. Yes. And then uh, they also added, just recently, officially, Primislaw Frankowski. Chemislaw. Primislaw. Okay, good. I was close. Uh, <laughs> with tons of rumors that Martin Ojeda will also be joining. Uh, notice that only one of those guys plays defense. Yeah, that's... You see the problem. So there was a recent quote from Schweinsteiger who said he actually prefers to play defense at this stage of his career. I Ain't think he's just being head. I think he's just trying to be nice. Bastion is too good of a man. Honestly, the fact that he's back at all. Because here's the thing. If I was Bastion Schweinsteiger, I would have gone to the front office and said, what's the plan here? And if I didn't like it, I'd just say, yeah, you know I what? I think he you did do that, out. to be fair. He was about to retire. Okay, so so I think he's smart, right? I think I, I agree with you. I think he did do that. Are you telling me this is what they told him they were going to do? And he was like, yes, this is something I, mean, I want to be a part of. Apparently he likes it. Uh, the the ah. team doesn't look terrible. There's still enough remnants of that third-place team to make me optimistic. Okay, he's still Nikolic up top, still in the prime of his career. That's a check plus right there. That is good. Yes, it's always good. Don't have the striker yeah, problem. Yeah, Mihailovic, healthy. Uh, end of last season. Getting, Getting rave, rave reviews. Was great at, at the end Cup of last Cup. season. Uh, homegrown player. Hope, hoping he, he has the potential to become a star, especially playing under Nikolic. Check plus. Uh, you have Alexander Gatai back again. Maybe attitude problems, but very tricky. Check plus. Uh, on the other wing, Raheem Edwards or Fabian Herbers. Christian Martinez. Okay, now you're starting to lose me. Uh, but you still have Dax McCarty. I still think he's got talent. Brant Bronico or Mo uh. Adams. Okay, that's very average. But in that terms of and maybe a 4-2-3-1, that's not bad. Well, it could be worse. I agree that it's not maybe as bad as I've, you know, as as it first it looks at first glance. But my problem is, even if you go that route, you didn't even get to the back okay, line. Still have Schweinsteiger. And oh boy, Bastion, right? Okay, so you got Bastion. Who you I got think will Grant get Lillard. Significant time this year. Who, yes. Well, he'll have to if they don't bring back Kapelhoff. Because he and Bastion and Marcelo are the only "quote unquote" center backs left on the I roster. I do think we'll see Marcelo getting time. I think he could be a decent signing. Um, and Del Greco. I, I don't do mean to leave him, leave out. him out. I don't uh, blame you. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland uh, plays ahead of Sanchez. Cleveland's not bad in goal. Yeah, that's another thing that's going to have to change. So the fact they haven't at now there are, there are rumors that David Ousted could be on his way to Chicago, which would be a marginal upgrade just in the fact that we'd have at least maybe a league average keeper for once, which would be nice, seeing as we spent the entirety of last season without one. 
Look, I it just and here's the other thing too. Like th- that was just the center backs, the f- like playing fullback. Who's playing left back? Jorge Corrales. That's my issue right now with the team is fullbacks or wingbacks because Nico Hasler might have to play you know a right wing back. I don't see him exactly as a right back. Corrales on the left. Um, I mean, who else? Raheem Edwards can play wing back, uh, but. And I'm and to be fair, that's not the worst. I, a wing back is not the worst place in the world for him. But when you talk about playing a back five or a back three, you need three center backs to do that. As of right now, there are only four on the roster. Playing three at the back with four center backs is a dangerous. Can we also dangerous clear game. up here that one of those four is Bastian Schweinsteiger? Yes. So ostensibly, now four. to be fair. To be fair, in a back five, I actually don't hate Bastian Schweinsteiger as the middle center back because I do think that that position suits him in many more ways because it's the same thing as like David Luiz when he was playing center back for Chelsea in the middle of that back three. I think that that suits Bastian just a little bit more because he doesn't have to worry as much about his defensive responsibilities so much as he can be sort of the facilitator out of the back. And seeing as Dax McCarty has been a complete disaster at creating things out of the back for the Chicago Fire last season, seeing as there aren't really a lot of creative players uh, until you get to the front, you know, front five, front six, I actually don't think that's the worst use of his skills. But again, that requires you to play three center backs, and this team barely has three. Right, and um, you still do have the issue, and and that's the issue still there is that Lillard was okay. He wasn't great. We don't know what we're gonna, you're yes. going to get with Marcelo. So it's still up in the air of whether they're going to be reliable. And I think that's a serious issue. We'll see. Maybe they are. Uh, Nelson Rodriguez came out and said that they're negotiating for two players right now, uh, which in Nelson Rodriguez terms means they're not going to sign anyone because he is the worst negotiator in the entire world. And if you don't believe me, just remember that Juan Quintero, that guy who was tearing up the uh, Copa Libertadores, he couldn't close the deal because it was getting too expensive. That would have been quite the signing, but like I said, the attack, I'm not... Honestly, if they had him, Katai, Mihailovic, and Nikolic, <laughs> I wouldn't say you needed any defenders. But the time being, they need a couple more defenders. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe he plans to sign Messi. That's his thing. We're just going to score 10 goals every game. Eh, it could work. Uh, we'll see. Uh, look, um, we talked to you. You brought them up briefly. I don't want to leave them out. Mo Adams, Brant Bronico. They both at times last season looked like they had some potential. Uh, we'll see what they do. I, I don't know. I don't, they never showed me enough to make me think that I should be relying on them uh, starting consistently in MLS next to Dax McCarty or next to Christian Ramirez or Christian Martinez. The, the thing that they offer is they're both very <laughs> mobile. Uh, they can run. They run, buzz around. Uh, Mo Adams is good defensively, I think, marking men, marking star players, and that allows Dax to kind of sit and facilitate. Um, though, to be fair, when we did see Dak, uh, Dax at his best, he was at the fire. He wasn't exactly just sitting still. He was running around a lot. He was making forward runs. The problem is his age is kind of making that more difficult. So we'll see how. I mean, unfortunately, you kind of need someone if Dax is just going to sit in front. We'll see how that kind of works itself out. And uh, I have it here again. It bears repeating. Right now, the plan is still Stephen Cleveland, Richard Sanchez, and goal. So that's not good. Uh, and they maybe they'll lose four three instead of three one. 
wouldn't that be nice? At least it'll be entertaining. Like all the like the first game of last season when they lost to Sporting Kansas Great City game. in that barn burner. For me, at least. Yeah, I could stand. I could stand to lose that way. So, so here's the problem. You mentioned Usted. I, Usted is he hasn't been able to keep a steady job at any MLS club for a while now. I'm wondering if he's the answer. I don't think he's the answer, but I do think that it's just—it's just the fact that he that his replace or not his replacements, but the people he would be replacing are just so underwhelming. No, I get what you mean. Uh, I just got a media email from the Fire Communication that they signed in another Academy product, Andre Reynolds II, a goalkeeper uh, defender. He. So there you go. You have another defender. The thing for me with Chicago is I do see them moving in that direction, which I see as a good sign of uh, youth players. This is their, uh, I think I said, their 12th homegrown player in club history. It's pretty good. Now, the problem is it seems like there's somewhere between youth signings and buying big-name players, and they don't have a lot between that. Uh, So, you know, you can do one, you can do the other. You have to have some journeymen some veteran players who can kind of glue it together without being big name stars yeah i agree i I don't mind the idea of trying to build from within if we're not going to be big spenders we should probably be good at developing players but i like like i said gutman was for years kind of touted as hey this guy when he comes up he's going to be straight into the first team and uh well he went straight to the first team all right what was that rangers yep so, hey, look, that's that's all well and good, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I did want to add Amando Moreno, who I don't think a whole lot of, I have to say. Uh, he's he's also he's here in the midfield. Oh, and they also, they also in the waiver draft, had Marco Ureña, who decided that he'd rather go back to Costa Rica than play for the Fire. Uh, it's quite the indictment of what's going on there. I do want to go back to something you said about not being big spenders. Wasn't the Chicago Fire like the fourth highest wage bill in the league last year? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, because it's always tied up in like two or three players. I look. I, I know that the like the, one of the things that the fire ownership gets criticized for is not investing in the team enough. But I guess the they don't invest in the team exactly. responsibly. There's no effort to market the team, which is an issue in the city. There's n- there's Major no well, well, that's an entirely separate thing, and that's not what we're here to talk about. But. At this, that team, so they don't really invest the money well. Like, it's, Sebastian Schweinsteiger was a very quality signing, but then, like, okay, it took forever to just buy Alexander Katai because there was thought that he might actually leave in the middle of last season because they weren't willing to pony up the money. And then the money gets spent on two or three guys, and we're left with this, you know, horribly unbalanced squad that has no defense whatsoever. So I think that is probably the bigger complaint. Then they do spend money; it's just never spent well. Yeah, I mean, looking at this team, they have about nine players, give or take, who are who either drafted in the last two or three years or are homegrown in the past two or three years. Outside of that, you have a couple squad players, and this is their, my issue for, the, for me with them, is guys like Corrales, Hasler, Del Greco, who I don't think are up to stuff. And then you have your bigger name players, your Nicholas, McCarty, uh, Katai, uh, and Schweinsteiger. For me, and I mentioned this at the end of last year, it's those squad players that need to be better. They have the good homegrowns and young players. They have some good stars. You need a little bit better mid-range players. 
I agree. They need to raise the uh, the median skill of this team, and they have not really done so this offseason. So good luck to the Fire. Hopefully, maybe there's some signings left. The preseason is about to begin in Madrid. That is where uh, Frankowski will meet the team. So we shall see. Speaking of internationals, the USA is back in action, although it's a very much an MLS team going up against Panama this Sunday in Phoenix. So two things. Number one, I think this is a test by the U.S. Soccer Federation and by MLS to gauge Phoenix's interest in soccer. So I assume this is a little bit of an audition for them as well. Um, <clears throat> do they really think they can fill this stadium? This is like a 60,000-seat stadium. Well, um, I think they're banking on uh, not just being U.S. fans, but also some Panamanian fans there as well. Uh I mean, yes. yeah, so the problem is, because they're all MLS players, uh, there isn't exactly the pull that some, you know, European players bring in for people who are uh, so-called MLS haters, people who just, you know, despise the league. They're going to have no reason to come and watch <laughs> it. They're going to, you know, maybe they'll see uh, Zach Steffen going to Man City and want to see, be like, oh, I've never seen him play. I need to see before he goes to City. Maybe you'll get some people like that, but uh, it certainly is an... MLS audition more than anything else. Yeah. So not a whole lot to talk about here. It is all domestic players. Uh, the players that will be taken, goalkeepers Sean Johnson and Zach Steffen, are the two keepers. I, the, the really notable thing here is not is who's not here, and that's Bill Hamid, who made some headlines by saying he feels he's better than everyone who got called to this camp, which includes those two, and then also Tyler Miller and Alex Bono, who have been released back to their club teams. I, um, I'd put him right in the middle of those four. Smack down really? in the middle in current form. And, you know, when he's at his best, uh, maybe better than Stefan. I think Sean, Sean Johnson is the best all-around shot stopper. I think Zach Stefan's the best distributor. Another player who the fire just decided was surplus to requirements. Uh, Go on. And Go on. I think Miller and Bono have some stuff to work on. I think Bono had a really tough season. He's bottom of the barrel on this team right there. Yeah, which is unfortunate for Bono because yeah, the way he started last season, there was talk of him possibly making his way into the national team picture, and he kind of played his way out of it, which is unfortunate for him. But yeah, I, I think that Hamid, I don't think he's better than Steph. I think when they're both at their best, I think Stefan is the better keeper now. But I do think Hamid is a solid number two here. I don't think Sean Johnson's better than Hamid. I, I, my thing is, so I, there's so many intangibles that make it really difficult, which is what makes Stefan so much better. Because I do think Johnson's a better shot stopper which is usually the be the easier thing to kind of to gauge. Johnson makes some saves that are just unbelievable. Uh, and Hamid does as well, Stefan as well. Uh, I would, listen, I'm not I'm not upset about it. If, if, if that's kind of the rabbit hole we're getting down, Hamid's had his chance. He went abroad, kind of didn't cut it, came back. I'm okay with letting these guys get their, get their caps. Yeah, it's just a January camp. Uh, defenders, Reggie Cannon, Greg Garza, who had to pull out due to injury, as usual. Uh, Nick Lima from the San Jose Earthquakes. Aaron Long, Love Daniel Lovitz. <laughs> Mark McKenzie, who apparently is too good to be for the under-20s now, which is hilarious uh, because the under-20 coach is not happy with the union for not letting him go to the under-20 camp. Uh, Keegan Rosenberry. Austin Trusty and Walker Zimmerman. So the Union all over this defensive uh, got their fingerprints all Could over this defense. Could have had three. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Could have had four. Love it. Uh, no, he didn't, too, didn't, but he, he? should have. He's a local boy. 
He didn't? Oh, he's a, oh, yeah, he is a local boy. Right. Uh, if you didn't know, I did play with Lovitz, uh, not as a weed lad, but in the college era. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in the good old so days. So excited for him to be get the call up. Uh, left back has been a sp- spot of worry, and he's been, I would say, the past two years in a bad Montreal defense, their best defender. So, And that is an unbiased take. He did win the club defender of the year via Montreal's Twitter, so... Uh, you can check that. Uh, Long obviously is, <laughs> you know, the 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 veteran, I guess, of this team, which is odd to say. Uh, despite the fact that there's what three union representatives, at least one former, I'm not even sure any of them are going to start. What are we going to see? Long, Zimmerman, uh, Cannon, and either Lima or Lovitz. Yeah, this is going to. I agree with that. It is going to be interesting. Not a lot of fullbacks, to be fair. So. Uh, there will be chances. There's two games, and I don't see why you don't give anybody a chance here. Like I think everyone right. should probably play if you're still there. So there's only 23 players. I mean, they have, uh, so. you know, one backup at each position. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see uh, them give both plus six subs. Well, I mean, right? specifically at defense, they got two right backs, two left backs, and no, no. four center backs. I agree. I meant that six t- oh. subs in the games. So they even if they time, don't yeah. start. So we should see at least everyone once, unless they had a really bad cup camp cupcake camp cupcake, which would be an indictment, I guess. I would say honestly, I would say that if you don't play, it is probably not a good thing uh, for your morale. Yes. To the midfield, uh, Kellen Acosta was here, but he was sent back home. Uh, Paul Ariola, Corey Baird, Michael Bradley, Russell Canus, Marky Delgado, Jonathan Lewis. Added late. Sebastian Legette, Georgie Mihailovic, Christian Roldan, and Will Trapp round out. Uh, Bradley being here is kind of funny. And the word is that Georgie Mihailovic is really standing out. So good for Mihailovic. I hope it's true because I'd like to see him start. U.S. could really use a number 10. And, I mean, we always mention when we hear Marky Delgado's name, like, ah, does he really deserve it? But And then, oh, but who else should go? You did mention Mihailovic way back. I'm excited to see what he can do because I really don't have a 10 like him. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, like it's like you said, it's not really worth arguing anybody here. Like I don't want to see Bradley, but you know what? Like who are they going to call instead? It's going to be an MLS guy. Uh, it's got to be someone who has been playing, right? I mean, I guess you could say I would still say Alejandro Bedoya had a better season, but uh, you could. He did, but I think his days on the national team might be done. I, I don't know. Look, we'll get right. a better idea in March because that's when you'll get the first like true pool. But we haven't seen. Bedoya since Trinidad. And I think so. people were expecting that of Bradley, but he he offers something. Uh, they, oh, he they offers do something, have, all right. Um, you know, Canoose and Trap, defensive mids. I'm really excited for Canoose. He's a good player, really solid defensive mid. Uh, so, you know, a, a couple guys here with getting a chance. Lewis, um, Corey Baird of uh, Real Salt Lake, another guy who's getting a, a chance. And then there's some veterans, which you kind of need. So, again, I don't really have any problems with it, all things considered. Yeah, and finishing up with the forwards, it's Jeremy Ibobise, Christian Ramirez, and Giassi Zardis, as we predicted before the season ended, and Burhalter was announced. Giassi Zardis goes straight into Greg Burhalter's U.S. men's national team, and uh, I can't imagine that'll change as long as Zardis is healthy and in relatively decent form, and I imagine he'll start at least one of the games. Is that genius what Burhalter did with him? Said, listen, all this guy, all these guys touches every time it goes six yards. Just get him the ball in the six yard box. 
turn the guy into a star. I'm excited <laughs> to see if he can do that with the U.S. men's national team. Hey, and that if would not, be amazing. I also want to see Ebobisi out there because I think he's got tremendous hold-up play. He's got a good touch. Give him that. Yeah, and so uh, the Panama squad features all players playing in Panama at the moment. So uh, they did in the last window call up some MLS players, but that is no longer relevant. So congratulations. It's going to be an all-U.S.-based team versus an all-Panama-based team, which is interesting. It's good practice for both. It's it's Camp Cupcake. It's nothing too crazy, but it's it's American soccer, so it's always... Uh, on the, it's always on the radar. Looking forward to the five thousand people in attendance. That's I think what you I'm multiply that to. by another five, and you got your number. No way, twenty five. I don't even think there's going to be twenty five thousand. Sixty thousand persons. I just but don't. See. Phoenix is a massive city. I know it's a massive city, but it's just like I, I haven't seen the ticket prices, so I, I'd have to look. I might get our producer on that, who was also back from vacation, but. I, man, I'm telling you, man, these this matchup just like it blows my mind that they'd pick such a massive stadium for it. Was nothing else available? It's Phoenix. You could have played anywhere. Uh, the weather, I guess, makes it a little bit more difficult. They want to play somewhere warmer. Plus, uh, they were training around the L.A. area. I forget was the specific name. Uh, Palo Alto, I think, or something. But it, it, So it's not too far of a trip for them in that regard. Um, I don't hate it. I they, they like their soccer there. I mean, listen, they're getting 7000 for USL. And the U.S. men's national team is way better at marketing than any USL team. So, well, I see a lot of gray here, but it looks like they're only selling the lower bowl, which is smart. Um, and thirty-two dollars is the cheapest ticket right now before fees, which means it's about sixty. Okay, that's after that thirty-dollar fee. Yeah. Well. Ah. Uh, well. Anyway, what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap things up. Uh, a couple things to talk about. The Lincoln Yards project was killed while we were gone. Uh, I knew this would happen. I. Thought I wouldn't get my hopes up, but I was getting my hopes up, and then they killed it. So that's the end of that. Congratulations, Chicago, on ruining what could have been something fun. Yeah, that was a real shame. The soccer stadium is killed, I should say. The Lincoln Yards project will go on. Uh, without and, it. I mean, I, there is a chance they can turn it around, but their main investor left, the owner of the Cubs. Uh, it seems like, and USL stands by Chicago, uh, but without a downtown stadium, if you're out in Bridgeview, playing out in Bridgeview, I mean, good luck. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't. I don't see this team supposed to start playing next year. Uh, they don't even. They have nothing. They, it's over. I think that that one. They're just gonna have to maybe quietly retire that team before it even gets started. So that's unfortunate. But I should have seen it coming because I know better. Uh, Sacramento MLS got a new investor, Ron Burkle, like I mentioned earlier, who is in fact a billionaire with a B. So Austin officially confirmed his Team 27 while we were gone as well. Uh, kind of one of the worst kept secrets in the league. The search for Team 28 will likely pick up this year, and I would imagine we'll know Team 28 before the end of the season. Uh, Phoenix, St. Louis, along with Sacramento, would probably be the favorites. I mean, listen, I like Sacramento. They, they'll be one of the, after Cincinnati, the best attended team. But... I still don't know if they'll do it. I think he's gonna. The MLS would go into a different market. Phoenix, St. Louis, I think are definitely the front runners. I don't know. I think that now with this investor, I think this is honestly, I think all MLS really wanted. They, they now you could argue maybe they were making an excuse to not bring them in, right? Like, oh well, you don't really have a lot of money, and now they've got this guy who's a billionaire. So if they don't put him in now, I think that would show that MLS really isn't interested in bringing. Yeah, his that would team be the in. last straw. Yeah. 
Uh, so like I said, Phoenix, St. Louis, I think would also immediately become favorites for Team 29 and Team 30 because I don't imagine we're stopping no. at 28. So it'll be the Wild West after that. We'll see Indianapolis recently put out a new uh, bid for MLS, a new stadium design, all that good stuff. You know, we'll never know. North Carolina or the Carolina a team is still interested putting a team in Charlotte. Detroit's always out there. Las Vegas could be back in the running in the next round. So we'll see. It's a long ways away. We still have another year before, you know, the next set of teams even enter the league. Uh, but it's interesting that pretty much every year we're getting a new team. It's fun. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Landon Donovan came out of retirement again, this time for the, and my personal favorite team name in the entire world, San Diego Soccers of the Major Arena Soccer League. Uh, he's getting paid 250000 for wow. the season. For indoor soccer. That's amazing. <laughs> Good old Landon Donovan still out there killing it. So congratulations to Landon Donovan on his unretirement once again. Uh, PD Martinez officially announced by Atlanta United. Uh, again, one of those badly kept secrets. Uh, we'll see if anybody meets that Miguel Almiron price tag uh, or if Ezekiel Barco does get sent out on loan or perhaps even sold elsewhere. Uh, something's going to have to happen because they are currently not roster compliant and they'll need to get roster compliant before the CCL starts and obviously before the transfer window closes because there won't be much to do uh, if they can't get this done before January 31st. Imagine we'll see goodbye to Almiron quite soon. Uh, Ashley over at Newcastle has uh, made his stance quite clear it's over. West Ham's still in the running. We'll see what happens with Almiron. I think he'll be gone. Kaku Gamera, rumored to be trying to force a move to Club America in Mexico. Uh, so we'll get the Red Bulls in a couple weeks. They're not really on our radar just yet. But K- losing Kaku on top of Adams would be a massive blow to their midfield. Great creative force, but he really wants to go, and his agent had some choice words for the club uh, in regards to not letting him leave. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I, I am quoting his agent, Gustavo Casasola here, which hilariously mean, his last name hilariously <laughs> means empty house. Just throwing that out there. Uh, he said, I want you guys to know something Martin Luther King said quote never forget everything hitler did was legal and there are lots of things that are legal but are arbitrary amoral unethical and unjust unquote this man quoted martin luther king who was talking about adolf he was comparing hitler. the red bulls to hitler never never compare anything to hitler i don't know what in business in life hitler is no good <laughs> that was ever. a bold choice uh, it'll, it'll it'll probably work. The Red Bulls probably don't want anything to do with him. This guy, this guy needs a new agent. Kaku, everyone wants to talk about Kaku. Watch, he needs to fire that. I mean, when you put out a statement like that, you're you're asking for it. So mind blowing that he would say that. It's such an ignorant thing to do. And I think he'll also leave. I think Kaku does want to go. Uh, he uh, the thing does talk about he didn't get an Uber when he was in Argentina. They bought furniture and he hasn't had been repaid for it yet. He feels like he's been treated like a second class citizen when you know he apparently thinks he's the greatest player in MLS at the moment. So I think with how the Red Bulls <sighs> operate, they'll be. I mean, they spent a lot on him. I think they'll want definitely want a profit, but they'll be okay with uh, flipping him and saying, all right, who's who's going to step up to the task. Good player, though. Tough to replace. We'll, we'll see. That's, uh, anyway, that's it for the news, <laughs> thankfully. It's thankfully, tough no to one beat topped that. that. But, but it's tough to beat top this show because that's all the time we have this week. That's right on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe and check out past episodes from 2018, this being the first of 2019. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
for all your American soccer needs. Make sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Till next time, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor, signing off.